0: hey friends happy wednesday it's your host victoria thanks for tuning into the brand World podcast This is a powerhouse episode on how to write the dang website copy. I know that this is an area where a lot of entrepreneurs honestly feel so crippled, whether they're starting their business or trying to launch their website. We don't know what to write about ourselves and our services. And Nikki from Clarity Branding Co. brings so much clarity to the topic that you guys are going to walk away feeling really empowered and really confident to go ahead and start DIYing your website copy. But first off, I want to tell you a little bit more about Nikki Thompson. She is the Brand strategist and copywriter behind Clarity Branding Company, where she helps founders get clear on their message and turn their websites into full time sales machines. She writes conversion focused website and sales funnel copy to support them, and she is a certified story brand guide and has helped dozens of entrepreneurs across the globe launch or rebrand with an effective marketing strategy. She's a wife and a mom of two preschoolers and loves building the business of her dreams at home, as do I. I'm so thankful that Nikki agreed to come on this show. Without further ado, here is my interview with Nikki. From Clarity Branding Co.
1: You're listening to the Brandwell Podcast. The business podcast for side hustlers and creative entrepreneurs who want to take their business to the next level. Your host, Victoria Marcullier, is a wife, mama, and the owner of a branding studio she built from the ground up, Brandwell. With each episode, Victoria and her guests share the behind the scenes of how they built their dream career and give you the expert advice you'll need to build yours. Learn how to show up confidently online as we cover everything from social media, website strategy, email marketing, and a little bit of that mompreneur life in between. Here's your host, Victoria Marculier.
0: Nikki, welcome to the Brandwell Podcast. I'm so glad to have you on. Thanks, Victoria. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. So I am just so thankful to know you and to have worked with you both as your designer and as your client more recently. So you want to kind of share a little bit, of course, about yourself and what you do and then how you and I connected.
2: Sure. So, my name is Nikki. I own Clarity Branding Company, and I help clients turn their websites into a full time sales machine, is really my goal. I do that through strategic copywriting as well as brand strategy. So, we connected on Instagram. I found Brandwell about two years ago, maybe on Instagram, and of course, fell in love with your team's work and the websites you've designed. And I really got drawn in, loving seeing someone else who's a mom with young kids building a dream business remotely. That's just um, really inspiring to see and watching you build your team, Victoria is really inspirational because I, that's a goal that I have for myself. And I feel like you're, you know, a couple steps ahead of where I want to be. And that's, um, yeah, why, why I followed along and we become friends. And that's awesome
0: yeah and then you eventually um signed on to work with us not too long ago a few months ago and i re- I remember that conversation. Um, you are obviously a copywriter and a lot of copywriters know very well the teachings of Donald Miller. Um, I, I reference him in probably half of all of my episodes on here but I remember I had just gotten back from a conference where he was the keynote speaker and you were you and I were having that initial like sales conversation and you had asked me if I was familiar with storybrand and I was like oh my gosh are you familiar with storybrand and then we kind of <laughs> just like connected instantly over our love for Donald Miller and like the teachings of storybrand. So that being said, now that everyone kind of knows uh, a little bit about what you do and how you and I got connected, um, tell me about your background as a copywriter and how you ended up as the owner of a copywriting agency with, like you said, you've got two, two young kids.
2: Yeah. So I have been freelancing for about the last three years. Prior to that, I worked in house marketing jobs for around seven years and did a brief stint in book publishing, um, studied English in college and always loved writing and reading. and. It wasn't until I had my second baby, um, I went back, I had maternity leave, went back to work. And I was excited about going back to work um, and getting back into the structure and routine. But very quickly after I got back, I realized that I couldn't do the nine to five lifestyle anymore. And I wanted that flexibility to be home with my kids. And so, um, you know, sat down with my husband, figured out the numbers, we made it work. And I quit my job and dove into freelance marketing. At at first I kind of was doing a wide variety of freelance marketing for any anybody that I knew that I could could work with who had a business, you know, doing social media management, um, blog writing and blog management. And I had heard about Story Brand through a Facebook marketing group, um, The Daily Carnage, which is really great for any of you in the marketing space, go check that out. And I and I bought the, his first book built, which is Building a Story Brand. And I remember reading that book, I had, I was outside pushing my daughter on the swing, I'm pushing her with one hand, I have the book (laughs) in the other hand. And I because it was literally one of those life bulb light bulb moments for me, where everything just sort of clicked. It was like, this is exactly what I want to do for clients. And this is how I'm going to do it. And so it just was was the start of me diving into the niche of copywriting and um, I got cert- certified as a story brand guy this last May, and that has been an amazing experience. And yeah, and then just the evolution of my business as well. I had decided the beginning of this year of 2022, that I wanted to have a brand name over a using my personal name, I was operating under Nikki Thompson Creative. And mm-hmm. I felt like it kind of limited me, because I would like to grow and have a a small team. So I knew that I would want to grow into a more corporate feel of a of a of established business name. And I and honestly since making that switch, so we went live with my new branding from Brandwell and my new website like in August. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even in that time, it's an, it's October right now. I have I have attracted larger clients having that in place. And and maybe that's just me. Maybe um that's part of a confidence thing as well, but um, there's, I guess, speaks to the power of branding.
0: Mm. Well, that's so good to hear. Obviously, as your designer, we want to hear like those types of success stories, but I agree completely. I don't know if we have any OGers listening to this podcast that remember uh, when Brandwell was started as Marcoulier Marketing, <laughs> mm. which was um, which was really just a terrible idea all around because I, think <laughs> I had a, a very clear vision from day one of Freelancing that I wanted to build a brand and I wanted to build a company that would grow beyond just myself. I think every entrepreneur would love to see um, their company succeed with or without them, right? Like we're the one right. that started, but at least that is my eventual dream: is to like someday see Brandwell live on when I retire. Um, I think that would just be yep. the coolest thing. But I initially started Markuliya Marketing. It was also like nobody one knows even how to say my last name, let alone. Say <laughs> into us so far. So that was right. a really quick pivot that I made probably about 90 days into having Mark Lear Marketing as my domain. I was like, you know, I, I have got to land on a brand name, but I agree with you. I think, you know, even if you are a solopreneur, um, considering options and, and we're going to have a whole episode about like whether to name your business after yourself or to give it like just a more generalized name, but considering the options that you have, um, because I, I fully believe that we started to see a lot more growth when I treated it like its own brand, its own entity, and not just a personal brand. Um, And I I think a lot of... Shoppers, um, especially when you offer a fairly expensive service like copywriting or like website design, um, I think a lot of people are seeking out more established businesses, even though you might still be the only person working for your company. um, But to have it a a name that could be viewed more as like an established business or a brand where maybe they do think you have a team, even though you don't, you know, like I, I think that, yes, gives you confidence, but because it removes you a little bit from um, you know, the personal brand aspect of it, which can feel a bit of like a hobby. Um, but I think it gives a lot of other like shoppers a little bit more confidence to invest in you as well.
2: Right. I just had a really great conversation with a potential client yesterday and he does public speaking and he also does consulting and like facilitating in in house workshops. And he has found that, you know, growing his, his name as a speaker, um, makes sense in having that brand, but also people feel more comfortable hiring him for these large ticket services under a company name. Like there's something to the, the weight of having a corporate name just feels more, especially for, you know, more traditional and established businesses. Like it just feels more, um,
0: Legit feels legit. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I totally agree. Well, let's let's start talking about copywriting because that is obviously the goal of having you on the show is just to like really equip everyone with what they need to know. Um, I yes. think copywriting can be one of the most crippling. Components of starting a business or launching a website, like we obviously see that firsthand at a design company. So, I mm-hmm. want you to spill the tea with us today. Like, don't give me just like what I can go and Google. Like, you are so good at this, Nikki. You are a certified story brand um, instructor. Like, I I want you to really share like what do we need to know to, uh, you know, be inspired and empowered to write our own website copy? So all fluff aside, let's dive in. Are you good with that? Yes, yes let's do it. <laughs> okay, so first off, when should we even think about writing copy for our website? Like, do we do we approach that before the design starts or after we've already hired somebody to work with us on design?
2: Yeah, okay, so the short answer is you would have copy done first. But I want to unpack that a little bit because ideally let's say for just for sake of example, that you are working with a copywriter and a website designer or plan to ideally you would have both the copywriter and the designer booked at the same time, knowing that aligning their timelines. I mean, web design is a huge project as well as copywriting Mm -hmm. an entire website. And so there, you know, you want to get scheduled in your project in advance so that you can launch around the time that you'd like to. So, Having both scheduled in advance is really important. And the reason there's two main reasons that I don't just say, start with copy and worry about hiring a website designer later is the number one reason is that I work with, I have in the past worked with a lot of startups that have fizzled out. Uh, because I don't have the defined next steps in launching. Mm -hmm. And so I've written numerous websites that never launched. And it's really sad. Um, I think maybe part of it is maybe some of them wouldn't have actually gotten to fruition. Um, Maybe the copy and strategy process was part of them sort of figuring out if this idea is, um, you know, launchable and scalable. And, And and that sort of thing. But I think part of it is that they just don't have the clear next steps. And I think everyone needs to be held accountable with some deadlines, you know, and like, this is what we're doing next. And that's why it's so great to have both of them scheduled. The other reason I would say um, to have your designer scheduled in, in addition to your copywriter is I think it's ideal that your web designer has your final copy in hand as they start designing your website. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it'd be hard. I mean, maybe you can speak to this a little bit, Victoria, but like, I think it'd be hard to create a website with just kind of like a template idea. Um, I think having that copy is so important because the design can be, can influence and can be influenced by the message that we want to get across. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I have a number of people who come to me and their sites already being designed and they plan to just, you know, copy and paste any text that I write into their site and that can work. But to me, there's so much, there's so much tweaking that, that can happen and things can go wrong when you're starting to add your own text boxes and like, okay, well, we need to add a message here. And now I'm having to move this image down. Like that's just, don't do that to yourself. Mm-hmm. Give your web designer your final copy.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I I agree with that totally that the ideal time to write your copy is before you start your website, because like Nikki said, it does heavily influence the design, right? If you have a lot of copy on your homepage, then we need to incorporate more visual elements, more imagery um, to balance out all of that copy. Versus if you just have like little snippets of copy here and there, that will affect the design a little bit as well. So um, now looking at, you know, the Hundred plus websites we design every single year. I would say a very small minority actually come to us with their copy fully written. When they do, we are literally jumping up and down. Like my designers are fighting over who gets to take on the client who already has their sure. copy done <laughs> because it does. It streamlines the process. It gives us a very clear framework to build around. Um, but what we what we encourage too and. We've really like, especially from um, just you know getting to know you and work with you, Nikki. But what we've really encouraged for the DIY copywriters, so people that don't want to invest in hiring a professional copywriter alongside investing in custom website design, um, we help them in the early stages. So before we start designing their homepage, we help them with these like fillable homepage copy forms and a fillable about page sure. copy form where we kind of guide them. Like there's a video of me kind of going through the copy on my own website and kind of sharing examples of what is needed for a powerful headline, what is needed for a simplified and clear call to action. Um, and then like how to write, you know, with your own tone of voice that matches the tone of your brand. Um, like all of those things are things that we try and kind of guide our clients through. So sometimes I do think it helps, like you said, to have that next step mapped out. So you know, most of our clients come to us for branding and website design and branding takes like four to six weeks. So that's a lot of times when we say like, Hey, have you started writing copy for your website? We would definitely encourage you getting started on that. Now that gives them over a month to work on writing that website copy before we actually start the, the website itself. So if you're thinking of DIYing, like, go ahead and do yourself a favor, have an end goal for the copy that you're about to spend time on. If you're going to be writing this copy and spending a lot of time, you know, putting together this like marketing plan for your business via words, uh, make sure that they have a place to live because, you know, Nikki, as you saw, like there's nothing more sad than to see somebody make an investment you know, they invest in you to write this beautiful website copy that we know would work incredible for them if they actually got people to read it. But without having that next step in place, like having the next step of whether you're buying a website template or you're DIYing your website or you're hiring a company like Brandwall to design it for you, um, that is like the accountability, one, to even just get the copy done, but then also to make sure that that copy serves you and you get the return on your time investment or your financial investment.
2: Yes, absolutely. And if you are, you know, in search of a website designer, like do your research. Like you mentioned, Victoria, like you guys do such an awesome job of helping clients who aren't going to spend the money to hire a copywriter, and but not all web designers offer that. So make sure that if you're going to do it yourself, see what what your web designer could offer in terms of some templates or some resources to really get the most out of your of your of your website.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So what sort of prep work needs to be done? If I am going to start DIYing my website copy, what do I need to do before I do so? Yeah. So here I would
2: dive into your defining your brand strategy. And what I mean by that is identifying who your target audience is. You know, who are you selling to? Who are we speaking to in your messaging? Um, Having an idea of your positioning as a business. So how are you different from your competitors and how can we make sure that comes out in in the language that we're using, as well as having a brand personality, a brand voice. We think of really memorable brands like Black Rifle Coffee Company, or the Dollar Shave Club, or even Apple. Like they have a brand personality and a brand voice that is memorable. And so having that kind of a map of what you want that to be is really important as you start writing. Um, the other day I just re-listened to the four buyer types episode you had done with, um, Courtney Fanning Mm -hmm. from, yeah, big picture. And she had mentioned the importance of surveying your audience in advance and pulling out um, what she called coffee swipes from their language, which is such a great tip. Um, I'll just build on that. If you don't have an audience currently, um, maybe you are starting a business and you don't have a bunch of reviews or, um, even, you know comments on social media posts and that sort of thing you could you could find those types of customer-centric language um, from your competitors reviews and social comments you know read both the positive and negative reviews and see what what language people are using either why they're frustrated with another service or why they love another service and that's a great way Mm. to
0: get to mine some of that customer language I love that. I actually listened to, I don't know if you're familiar with Jess Jordana, but she's a copywriter as well. Oh yep. Um, I love her. I, I definitely listened to a lot of her stuff early on when I was writing my own copy several years ago. And one of the quotes that she says is that the goal of copywriting is to match the inner dialogue in your potential customer's head. Um, yeah, and I great. think like what an what a simplified way to think about that. I always think about that when I'm writing my own website copy is like and, and really, if you if you've been in business for a while and you have a service based business where you get the opportunity to actually talk to your customers like face to face or over the phone, like I talk to people on sales calls almost every single day of the week and have for several years now, so mm-hmm. I know the inner dialogue in their head because I'm actually having it with them and they're asking me all the questions that are otherwise known as like hesitations to buying something like a website design. And so when I'm writing my copy, which I redo all the time, I'm really just trying to answer those questions that I know are going on in my potential customer's head. Um, and that really has made copywriting so much easier for me. Right. Yeah. That's that's awesome.
2: I would add another um, another tip when like what prep work you need to do when DIYing your copy, mm-hmm. um, here's a tool for you guys. Visit mystorybrand.com, and that allows you to write your own brand script, which is a um, like a story-based framework that based on the story brand um, concept. So you can write your own brand script at mystorybrand.com, and there's videos and it and it kind of walks you through the process. And that is such a great way to have some of those like messaging points in place before you sit down to write your website copy.
0: Okay. And we'll link that in the show notes so people can go and work on that if they're going to start tackling their copy after this. Awesome. All right, so maybe before we get too far into like what to do, we should talk about what not to do because I know there are plenty of common mistakes that we see entrepreneurs making when they write their website copy. And I can share some of my own as well. But I want to hear from you first. Like what would you say you do not want to do when you're writing copy for your website? Yeah. Okay. So the so the I would say the most important area, um, the most
2: important real estate on your website is when we first land on your site, it's considered the area that's considered above the fold. So this is like the main header area um, and anything the client can see, the website visitor can see without having to scroll down. This area is the most critical because, of course, people land on your website and have you know seconds to decide whether or not you offer something that they're interested in or they need and have a clear idea of whether or not they want to keep reading or not. So one of the areas that I help clients clarify is their headline. And I see a lot of unclear headlines. So for instance, um, here's an example of an unclear headline. Industry leading since 1975. Okay. It doesn't tell me what, who you are, what you offer, um, why, why I need it. Um, another one that I see a lot in like the creative and coaching space is something really vague like live abundantly. Mm-hmm. You know, that can that could apply to a financial planner. It could apply to a fitness coach. I mean all sorts of things that could help me live abundantly. Um, another one that I see really on people who are DIYing their own website is welcome to our site. You mm-hmm. know, they, they really don't know what to say there. Um, so in the headline area, we want to make sure that we state what you offer, who you serve and how it will improve their life. And now Victoria is not paying me to say this, but I have her website up and her <laughs> headline is we are branded website designers, helping women stand out and sell more. That's it. Like I know exactly what she offers, who she's selling it to and why it's important. And so that's what we want to have in that headline area
0: to assure people that they are in the right place. I didn't know I was going to get audited in real time, but I'm glad that it
2: passed. (laughs) Yes, you did. Um, Another, So I've got got two more mistakes that I see. Another one is people don't have a clear call to action on their website. So they might use something um, a little bit more vague and what we consider a weaker call to action, like a contact us. Um, We want to use something that's more specific and to really make sure that it's not just a text link to a contact page. Um, you know, using a contact form is fine, but 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 what you can do is to change that language to something very specific, like apply to work with us or mm-hmm. um, schedule your project. Like that, that's a little bit more action oriented than contact us. So, having a clear call to action—that's one that I see often. And sometimes, like I said, it's just people have a contact page, but it's just like a text link, so it really doesn't even stand out visually. Mm-hmm. And um, another, okay, this is the last one. This one might be a little controversial. Um, a mistake that I see people make and and something that I try to educate customers on is having an overwhelming top level navigation. Mm, so what yes. I mean is a lot of people want to put all of their pages up on that upper area. And so what I'm saying is on the top of your website, usually on the left side, you have your logo and then across people often have all their page links. Mm-hmm. What I would recommend um, is that we move almost all of those to the footer. People are pretty tech savvy that if they're looking for something, they'll scroll down to the bottom if it's not you know, up at the top. And really, we want to draw people's attention to the call to action button that's up in the top area. So yeah, that, that's kind of the hill I'll die on is I will
0: defend moving
2: all of the top level navigation to the footer.
0: Okay. And just to take it a step further, like from a web designer perspective, because I completely agree with you. We always preach, like, keep it really simple. Like, I never want to see more than five things up in that main nav. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, you, you have to, you can guide people on their journey. Like a website, a well-designed website, at least is really meant to take people on a journey, um, uh, of the steps that are necessary to get to the point where they're ready to buy from you or book with you. Um, and so right. overwhelming them, it's like the equivalent, right. Of going into like a really disorganized Ross versus a curated boutique, right? Like when you go into Ross, like you got to kind of get your hands dirty. You got to dig. It can be a bit overwhelming. You better have had your coffee that day. But when you walk into like a curated boutique that has just like a few things, it kind of shows you like how to style it, how it's displayed. Um, it is so much easier to like walk in and walk out and make a quick purchase. So right. with your website, it's, it should be the same concept. The website should be a boutique, not a Ross. Even though I still score some deals at Ross every once in a while, I'm not hating on the brand. I'm just saying it's, you got to be ready to go. You know in
2: what? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Minnesota and I have no idea what Ross is.
0: Oh my gosh, Ross, dress for less. It's like the not as good oh. version of TJ Maxx.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. Holy cow,
0: this is like mind blowing to me that that is not in every state in the country. I guess I'm gonna have to do my research.
2: <laughs> right, no, that's fine. Okay, great example though. Um, yeah, I, okay, so I think of it like, and I, th- I feel like you have made this reference before that your website's kind of like your home and you wanna welcome somebody into your home. And I kind of think of it like when, you, when somebody comes into your door like, and you're welcoming them in your house, you don't want to present them with all of the different 10 fun things you could do with them right then. Um, You want to let them come in, take their coat off, um, you know, get cozy, sit on the couch. And then you can start like, as they're, as they're spending some time with you, then you can start presenting them with some different options, like, you know, reading more about your story. And, you know, as you, as they scroll down, they're becoming more and more comfortable with you. And so I think of it kind of like that when we have, a lot of those options on the top level navigation it's kind of like choose what you want to do right now whereas when it's when it's down lower it
0: just feels like more of a natural progression Yes. Yeah, I agree. And then it doesn't mean that you can only have five or six pages on your website. You can have a really healthy website, you know. but having those links, and this actually helps from an SEO standpoint as well, like having those links to other pages on your website um, that people will click on a little bit more naturally and not stuffing them all in the header is really helpful. So another example of this, just to give you guys an idea is we uh, recently built out like our a la carte menu. And so this is where um, we are known for branding and website design, and that will always be what we're known for. Um, I, if we do our marketing well, like those are the two things that I want to continue to offer. Um, but mm-hmm. what a lot of people don't know is we actually do business cards and email signatures and brochures and Canva designs and all of these different things, really just to help our current clientele utilize their branding the right way. Um, but when someone comes to my website, I do not want them to even know right away that we do that. Like that, yeah. that particular page is linked in two places on my website. Website. And it is linked in the footer, like Nikki suggested. And it is linked um, on our pricing page where it says, you know, we offer three core packages with a wide range of add-ons. If you don't see what you're looking for, view our all carte menu here. Because I don't want to overwhelm people with, if they were coming to us because they wanted to do branding and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well they do email signatures and business cards and brochures. Like that is, it's too overwhelming. And when you give somebody that they get that like um, buyer's fatigue, kind of like the sure. decision fatigue, and then they just leave. So the more simplified you can make your site and, and then putting those links to other pages only where it's really necessary, including the footer. Um, I think that's a really easy way to have all of this content that people need, but maybe not giving it to them all the moment they walk in the door using Nikki's home analogy, which I loved.
2: Right. It's kind of like having one entry point to your business. And then, yeah, after, after they are introduced to you and maybe are working with you, you can sell them other services. Um, I just had heard this statement recently, again, and it, and it kind of is like a great reminder that you can't be known for everything, right? Like you mm-hmm. need to choose one thing. Um, and you can, you can always do a lot of different things, but you're going to be known for one thing. And so, so what is it that you're going to hang your hat on?
0: It's Donald Miller because I'm speaking yeah. on to it tonight, and I actually have that quote in my slides that's too oh, funny. Awesome. but yeah, he says, like your business might solve ten problems, but you can only be known for solving one. Right. Um, and that again, is a really helpful thing to think about when you're about to write your website copy is like, what is the one problem I want to be known for and remembered for, and then kind of start your storyline there. Absolutely. Okay, so now we know what to avoid. Um, what are some things that we absolutely must do when we're writing our own website copy? Sure. So when you're sitting down to write, what I would do, you've
2: already done the brand strategy piece, is map out a site map. So this is knowing what pages you want to include on the site and the overall flow. Like where are we pointing customers to? What's the end goal? And that would be your main call to action. The other thing that I would do just before you write is is to map out the sections of content that you want to include. So you don't have to write write the entire copy yet. But just the sections. So maybe you have a section of, you know, customer pain points and problems. And then following that, you're going to follow up with, you know, your solution and the benefits, a benefit listing. I think it's just really helpful to have these kind of boxes of like types of messaging that you're going to include mapped out so that once you do get into the writing, you don't get. You don't just ramble on, right? Like you have, okay, here's, I'm I'm talking about this. And then we'll probably have an image and and some nice like white space and stuff. And then down here, I'm going to talk about this. And I think it's just nice to have that mapped out. The other thing is I would check out Marketing Made Simple also by Donald Miller, because he has a really solid homepage or landing page formula of what elements, messaging elements to include.
0: Quick break to tell you guys about today's sponsor, which is Honeybook. You guys know I love me some Honeybook. This has been the CRM of Brandwell for three and a half years, almost from day one, you guys. And I don't know how we would be operating without it. So, Honeybook is a client flow platform that was designed specifically for the modern business owner. I think it's ideally made for the modern day service provider. From the initial inquiry to the final payment, you can literally do everything in HoneyBook. They manage our proposals, our contracts, our invoicing, our financial reports, and then most importantly, our client communication back and forth. Everything is streamlined in one place that I can log into and see where a project is at at any given time. All of my team can log in. You can give people different permissions and roles based on what their unique role is on the project at hand. It's just an awesome platform. Go check it out. I have a 50% off discount code for you if you want to try out HoneyBook your first year at 50% off. We'll link it in the show notes for you. Just try it. It's amazing. Okay, awesome. I love that. And I again will link anything that we talk about in terms of like a helpful resource or story brand, Donald Miller. I will link it all in the show notes for you guys. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about headlines. As website designers, my team and I absolutely love writing headlines because honestly, like I think that's what brings a website design to life. Um, mm-hmm. The ability to marry design imagery and powerful copy is really the perfect storm for a high converting website. So what tips can you share about writing headlines? Yeah,
2: I would almost write them last or draft them, but really the headline should be the last thing that you're fine tuning because we know that people are mainly skimming websites. And so we want to make sure that they are of course skimmable, that, you know, if possible, we have some of your SEO keywords in those statements. But really, the goal is they just plain need to make sense and to be concise to what to what that section is about and, and so that's really I work on headlines kind of that's kind of the last thing that I go over.
0: okay and when you are writing headlines just from like an SEO perspective and also a User friendly perspective. So there's such a fine balance between like writing for a search engine and writing for your ideal customer. Um, But do you have any tips for us to consider there? Like, if you let's use the example, I'm literally just springing this on you, but let's use the example of somebody who maybe is like an online business coach um, and they're writing their copy. What sort of elements do they need to make sure they have in their headlines so that they're effective, but they're also um, like very user friendly?
2: Sure. So, of course, I would in in the top header of their website um, on the homepage, I would have online business coaching or mm-hmm. you know business coaching services as part of that main header area and then i would try to use it in like the h2 heading tags that's kind of the next level down from your top header and but but use it at when it feels natural if mm-hmm. you feel like you're just stuffing it in there you know even google knows when it becomes like you're using it too much so if it feels like a natural if it makes sense really it's great to SEO optimize your site, but but write it for humans. Yeah. So have it make sense and feel natural.
0: Yes. I think we've all been to the sites that, you know, were designed to rank well on Google. <laughs> yes. I always yes. kind of tell people, you know, that, and I won't go too far into this because I know that's not the topic of the episode, but when it comes to writing your website copy, like, yes, SEO is absolutely important. But if you are writing your website copy for a search engine you might end up ranking on page one of Google, but if those words are not converting your ideal customer, what does it matter, right? Like right. What, what does it even matter? So the goal should be writing so that everyone who does land on your website knows who you are, knows what you do, wants to work with you, falls in love with your personality, falls in love with your brand, and it's really easy for them to book with you. Um, and if you're writing solely for a search engine, you're going you're gonna to miss the mark on some of that. So keep that in mind as well. Absolutely. All right, so we've covered headlines. Let's talk a little bit about CTAs. So, this is a call to action. Um, what is your approach to writing clear CTAs for your clients? Yeah, so
2: I um, prefer clarity over being cute. Mm-hmm. So, I would lean towards repeating the same call to action. Um, I work with a lot of service-based businesses, so often it's schedule a call or book an appointment. You know, book your project. Those types of language. And I would repeat that on a button that's the same size, color, font um, down down your homepage down on every page of your website. Really, like that's what you're ultimately driving them to is to take that first step in doing business with you. So, I would opt to repeat that same language, whether it's book a call, as opposed to I have seen on some, like I said, in the creative co- coaching space, I see sometimes. The call to action, it's the same type of link, but the wording is a little different. Like, tell me more, this this sounds like I'm interested. Yes, this is for me. Um, I, I guess I would need to do a little research if that converts similarly. I think marketing is an act of repetition. And so it might feel repetitive to you to have book a call five times down your homepage, but really your clients will see it when they're ready. And Mm. that's a very clear, like they will associate your brand with like, yeah, I really should book a call with Victoria. Like they know what the next step is.
0: I love that. At that marketing conference that I mentioned where Donald Miller was the keynote speaker, Mm -hmm. he he was talking a, a good bit about CTAs and I love the analogy that he gave. So he talked about like when you're in a big department store. So this is kind of like phasing out these days in 2022. But right. think of the days when we all used to go to Macy's or we would go to, you know, Belk, JCPenney. And there are like three stories. There's so many different sections. There's like a home for or a section for a home decor. There's little kids, you know, everything. And you might be browsing this store for like an hour and you're like slowly like finding things that you like that you want to buy. And then you are ready to check out. You finally like found a few items that you're ready to check out, and you can't find the dang cash register. Like I've totally mm-hmm. been in that situation, and it's like I am willing to look for maybe a couple of minutes. But if I am gonna have to like get on an escalator and like go up two flights to get to the cash register, there's a good chance I'm gonna put down what I just was picking up and ready to buy, and I'm gonna go to a different store, um, right. just because like we have short attention spans. We're always on a time crunch, so. If If you think about it, CTAs are very much like cash registers on your website. And you never know when somebody is going to be ready to take that action, when they're going to be ready to buy. Um, Some people, it's like the moment they land on your website. That's why it's great to have that CTA right there in the header. Um, But some people, like they do, they spend a few minutes getting to know you. They look at your portfolio, they look at your about page, and then they decide, okay, I'm ready. So you have to meet them wherever they are with that little cash register, with that little CTA. And I just thought that was a beautiful analogy of it um, because a lot. Of people are like into that minimalistic design um, and they don't want a lot of buttons. They don't want a lot of CTAs. Like, oh, well, it's in my header. They know how to get back to it. It's like, no, no. We want this website to convert to you. Put that cash register wherever somebody might decide they're ready to buy. Right. If you think about the call to action button
2: up at the top of your site, really, realistically, who's going to click on that? It's somebody who's already been to your site. They've done research on you and now they're coming back because some time has passed and they're ready to buy. As somebody scrolls down your homepage or whatever page they're on, they're they're learning more, they're reading more. And so it's for those first visitors who are still digesting your content and making that decision that absolutely you do need to present that call to action repeatedly. And and also, it should be the last piece of content on, on every page really is a link to work with you, whatever that language is. Because they may have decided after do after reading that entire page that yes you, they're ready
0: and so don't make it hard for them. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that we've missed, Nikki? Like, what else do we need to cover about writing your own website copy? Yeah. So another
2: thing I wanted to mention in terms of you know just just the the theory of as somebody scrolls down a page, they are becoming more and more invested and they're spending more and more time learning about you. I often find that that businesses have a separate frequently asked question page because I think that you know it's a nice way to organize their content but really where we often place that is we take those frequently asked questions and we put them at the towards the bottom of say a homepage or a sales page because if you think of somebody reading that far Mm -hmm. a lot of times there's just like a final final question or two that they have that would maybe prevent them from Booking a call with you, um, and I think back to that episode that you were recording with Courtney. Is you know it's it's sometimes those thinkers who want to have those final details, like but, but what about this this little you know specificity? They they, they want to have that nailed down. So often I put the frequently asked questions at the bottom of a homepage or a sales page. Okay, the other thing I wanted to talk about is some tools, some other tools for you when you're doing your own copy. Like I mentioned. You know researching your competitors reviews and customer comments is great but also research other sites that you love not just your competitors so like people in different industries make notes um, make notes about the different messaging elements that they include and and how you would want to use them on your site i'd also recommend Um, trying out a free AI text generator. I have been playing around with copy.ai, but there's all other ones like Jasper. And that's a great way for you to kind of get unstuck with the writer's block. I have been actually really impressed with some of the results that I've gotten from these AI tools. You put in some text and some keywords and it pops back to you kind of a written out snippet, Um, especially for like product or service descriptions. I think it's really great for that short form content.
0: Oh, fun! I've never used that. Okay, I'm adding that to the the links for the show notes. So you guys are going to have so many resources uh, to reference to get started in writing your website copy. So thank you for kind of having all of those lined up for us, um, Nikki. Absolutely. For the person on the other end listening to this and thinking, "Wow, I still don't want to take on the task of writing my own <laughs> website copy," why don't you just share what is different about working with a pro as opposed to going the DIY route? Sure. So I think of it like even therapists go to therapy,
2: right? And even Mm. copywriters need help with their own copy. Sometimes we're just too close Mm -hmm. to our own businesses to do it well. And I would guess, Victoria, that you could probably say designing
0: for your own business is really hard. Yeah. I have someone on my team do it for me now. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So that's great. It seems oxymoronic because it might be your specialty, but it's true. And so even you, you know, in whatever type of industry you're in, you can be a little bit too close sometimes to get that really good like client perspective on what language they would wanna see. So sometimes that external guidance can be very helpful um, and give you the confidence then to go out and market loudly with, with the message that you land on. So working with a copywriter, you know, obviously you're guided through this process, you do a lot of talking and we do the listening and then research and writing and then ideally you're presented with copy that would convert.
0: Nikki, you. you are amazing. Where can people go to just learn more from you? And like, I know you share a lot of tips on Instagram. And then if they do decide they want to hire a professional copywriter, obviously at Brandwell, we recommend none other than Clarity Branding Co. So where could they go to learn from you or work with you? Oh, thank you so much, Victoria. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Clarity Branding Co. Or
2: on LinkedIn, I'm trying to get more active there. Um, Nikki Thompson, Clarity Branding. If you are wondering how effective your messaging or your overall marketing strategy is, I have a free marketing assessment on my website, claritybranding.co. It generates a lengthy
0: report of areas that you need to work on and it's really helpful. Okay, and then kind of as a postscript to this episode, I want to share, I mentioned at the very beginning that Nikki and I have worked together, both I as her designer and also as her client. And I want to talk a little bit about what Nikki has helped us develop at Brandwell. So I am thrilled to be revealing this new program that we have called LaunchWell. And something that I I chatted with Nikki about having been a past client of Brandwell was like, what is your feedback? What could we do better? Um, And she shared some really good, positive, um, and, you know, just constructive criticism of her entire experience. And she did suggest that like the, the delivery of the website after like so many months of working together felt like a little anticlimactic, right? She hit publish and then that was it. And um, we took that to heart and just decided to start working together to develop something that even though like, yes, we may be delivered on our promise that we were going to build you a stunning brand or website, we could exchange in abundance and kind of over deliver a little bit beyond what you signed on with us for, but give you the tools that you need to actually promote the launch of your new brand or website. So Nikki, do you want to just share a little bit about like how you helped pull that together and a little bit about LaunchWell? Sure. So, yeah, I mean as Victoria mentioned, we
2: published my site and I mean really it was on me. I felt like, you know, how do I balance marketing this new site with of course running my business? And as I as I thought about starting to research like fun launch ideas, I'm like thinking this is probably something that Brandwell could utilize for other clients and I'm kind of a list maker and love love pulling those kind of type of materials together. So, Victoria was very open to the idea and it just kind of evolved. We worked on, you know, I'm very familiar with the Brandwell um, messaging in terms of I followed them for a number of years, but we, you know, worked on, okay, defining your brand voice and just kind of going over some of that. Like I mentioned that brand strategy before we start copywriting and then writing drafting this document of our Launchwell well checklist and other materials. And it sort of, ha- it has just grown and Victoria's team has added so many valuable resources to it. And of course made it to, into this beautiful living document that you can utilize to, to
0: market your brand well. Yeah, so all of our current clients, um, if you're listening to this, this is something that you will be invited to shortly before we complete your brand design or your website design. Um, and it's basically, like I said, it's a checklist of how to promote your brand launch. And then it's also so much more than that. So we've created social media graphics to help you promote the launch. We've created email copy, social media caption copy, everything that you need to literally just like plug and play into your own um, brand and get the most out of Of the new brand or website that you invested in. So I was so thankful that Nikki kind of came to me with the idea and that she helped me um, really get it fleshed out. And so if you are listening to this and you are a past client of Brandwell, so maybe you worked with us in the last year or the last four years, honestly, if you want access to Launchwell, um, we are offering it to all of our past clients as well. So just shoot me an email um, and title it Launchwell, and you will get access. Whether you launched your brand, A year ago or, um, you know, last week, I think there's always something that can be benefited from like understanding how to promote traffic to your website or traffic to your new branding. So, um, please don't hesitate to reach out. So anyways, I just wanted to kind of share that Nikki was a huge part of that because I know a lot of our clients listen to this and they'll be going through launch well, and now you can kind of understand the mastermind behind all of it. So Nikki, thank you so much just for the role that you've played in my business and making it better. Um, and now on this podcast and really just helping inform all of our listeners about how to approach website copywriting with confidence.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Victoria. This was so fun. Thanks for tuning in to the Brandwell Podcast. If you're a side hustler or creative entrepreneur looking to take your business to the next level, subscribe to the podcast so we can continue to cheer you on week after week by providing practical advice on how to grow your business. For show notes or to learn more about what we covered in today's episode, head to brandwelldesigns.com. Until next time, keep branding well.